1: Right, good evening everyone and welcome to our city commission meeting uh, for those of you who are here for the first time i'd like to just walk through our agenda and our process as i want to do everything i can to ensure that everyone who wants to speak has an opportunity to be heard without being done without being interrupted uh, so for those of you new to our commission meetings this is a, a, a city official meeting uh, with city business to be conducted We'll start the meeting with an opportunity to comment on specific action items. So these are items that we voted on earlier today we'll be taking action on tonight. And then we'll move through a number of other items. We have a couple scheduled public meetings tonight. One is for individuals who wish to appeal the DID special assessment. So this is specifically for people who are living in the downtown improvement district and they wish to speak about the assessment. We also have applications for an Oprah and Brownfields, and we will take all of these together tonight. So if you are here to speak on those items, I'm gonna ask you to stay put and wait until we open up those public hearings, and then we'll have the last opportunity for public comment at the end. So for public comment, we do have a number of meeting procedures and expectations. We ask that you come to the podium, which is right up here, uh, share your name, the city that you live in, and you'll be provided with three minutes to speak. We wanna ensure that this is a safe place for everyone involved, and we ask that you refrain from clapping cheering, booing, using profanity, vulgar language, threats, name-calling or making derogatory comments. If you use profanity or engage in threatening language, the microphone will be shut off for the remainder of your time. If there are disruptive actions or breach of peace, I will ask the individual or individuals to stop and if it continues they will be asked to leave. Public comment is an opportunity for all voices to be heard despite whether people in attendance or elected officials agree or disagree with what is being said. People have a right to speak without being screamed at or criticized or disrupted by others in attendance. And despite our own opinions, personal beliefs, or values, people have a right to come and speak about whatever topic they choose, including their religious beliefs, whatever those religious beliefs may be. So again, this meeting is a lawful assembly of a governmental body, and disrupting the order of this meeting is committing a breach of peace. So with that, we will move forward with starting with a moment of silence and then Pledge of Allegiance, and then we'll move to roll call. So if you join me for a moment of silence. All right, thank you. I pledge allegiance to to the flag of the the United States of America and to the republic Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with with liberty and justice for all. All right, thank you. Next we'll have roll call. call.
2: Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Repart? Here. Commissioner Lanier.
3: Present.
2: Mayor Bliss.
1: Yes. And commissioners, can I get a motion to excuse both commissioners Moody and commissioner Sassi? Move. Support. All right. Moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, so before we move to the first public comment period on action items, I'm going to introduce our interpreter tonight. So if you need assistance with interpretation services, you're welcome to ask for that.
4: Good evening. We are pleased to provide
1: Spanish interpretation services this evening. This includes interpretation during the meeting and for those who want to provide public comment.
5: Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos de proveer servicios de
1: interpretación esta noche en español. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer comentario público. Thank you. All right. so the first public comment period is for action items. So earlier today we had a number of standing committee meetings where we voted on items. So if you're here tonight to speak on one of those specific action items, we ask you to come forward. We ask you to share your name, the city that you live in, and the specific item that you're speaking to. So if it's the item on fiscal committee 3, please let us know what item that
3: is.
6: Hello, my name is Emma. I will be speaking on the fiscal committee items four, five, 10. And if I have time, community development committee items number one and two. Um, so firstly, on item number four, that 28,750 will be um, designated for police training. In addition to the 150,000 in the OPA budget, which right there, just small comment is blatant proof that a huge portion of the OPA budget is put into police budget, but makes the city budget look like it's actually um, reducing the police budget, which is incredibly deceiving. So, concerning this training, there will be two instructors, 12 hours of instruction over two days for six topics for a cohort that will re- then train the rest of the GRPD. These topics are self-regulation, de-escalation, conflict resolution, neuroscience of fear, and uh, stress response, critical thinking, of critical thinking and policing, which is oxymoron, and constitutional policing. So on these four topics that make sense, that, int- that address um, behavior change and um, deconstructing the way um, we, the way instinctual responses occur, um, two hours and two hour introduction is just blatantly um, insufficient. Um, Especially for all of the individuals, police who have been conditioned to use violence first before using um, conflict resolution—that's the almost the entirety of their training. So two hours cannot undo that. Especially for topics um, that mental health professionals and social service professionals spend years on, years at their doctorate levels, and are still working on those, um, those behavior responses in themselves. So the fact that, you, that we think that two hours per topic is okay for a person completely, they have, you know, no more um, fear response in them is... I don't know where that comes from and then you on top of that hand them deadly weapons and expect them to be able to interact with the community is BS. Um, it's essentially useless and it's a front to make us make it look like you're doing something when you've done nothing. I'm looking at you chief of police. It's a front to look at make it look like you've done something when you're doing nothing. I have 30 seconds. They're also authorizing the GRPD um, recruit class, um, paying for a recruit recruit class, um, and the GRPD Officers Association has negotiated a labor agreement to up the wage of GRPD interns by $4 per hour. Um, Both are ridiculous, defund the GRPD, um, and both items are unacceptable attempts to encourage expansion of the police force when the community is asked for defunding, BS. Thank you. All right, others who wish to be heard?
1: Hello,
7: my name is Shannon Tanis and um, I'm from the First Ward and I'm speaking on fiscal committee um, number 13, the $14,250 grant award for executing an agreement with uh, Heart of West Michigan Unite Way for GR Grow 1000 uh, Youth and program. I've spoke um, before you already regarding the homeless um, uh, administration with the fiduciary responsibility and the violations that are egregiously being committed um, for this to be done when there is things on the table that need to be looked at. Regarding the fiduciary responsibility with the homeless management system, I don't think this is appropriate at the time to be voting on this. Um, I also would like to speak on receiving my communication about the Roberts Rules of Order. Um, I would like to uh, have that referred to the Committee of Whole. There's other questions that need to be presented that I did not in my communication um, regarding That information Uh, and I think that's it because hearings is for
1: another thank you yeah thank you thank you for your comments all right others wish to be heard
0: I am one of the people and I live in so-called Grand Rapids on stolen land in the third ward of so-called Grand Rapids Looking at um, resolution number five and number 10 is extremely concerning to me that we are paying, at the city, those of us who pay taxes here, those of us whose money goes back into the budgets that you all control, I'm very concerned to see that we are giving more money to the police department. I think that's a complete shame and I'm wondering too, we're giving them training classes, my concern is what amount of training would have prevented the murder of Patrick Leoya? Do we think that more training for the obviously corrupt and proven murderers in GRPD, the people who have raped and beat and assaulted people of this city for their entire time here, do we think a few hours of training is going to amend that? What is your plan to address the absolute white supremacy at the core of the Grand Rapids to Police Department. To throw more money towards the Grand Rapids to Police Department so that more officers can go out on calls and interact with people who are having the worst times of their lives and then make those times worse. Because that's, that's what I see here in this presentation from the city. I don't see you all working to end the violence that GRPD brings into the community. I don't see you looking internally at all of the officers who have proven to have egregious records. I don't see any of that. I see more money coming from the people's pockets to go to the police department. A police department that murdered Patrick Leoya. They murdered Patrick Leoya and they're getting more money for training. What do you you think that that's going to help? What are you doing? Where is the action? I see more money going to the police department. I don't see justice. Mm -hmm. These new recruits are going to be put into the same field with all of these people who support the murder of Patrick Ligoya. I don't know if you look into what your police department says online. I don't know if you look into how the police union uses their money. All of these things are encouraging that kind of behavior, and I don't see any remedy to address it. I see more money going to the same people who have been harassing Grand Rapids residents for so long. Shame on you. Abolish GRPD, Black Lives Matter, and fuck you. Thank
1: you, your time's up. All right, others wish heard. Again, this is on action items. Hi, welcome. I'm
5: Patricia Sizek. I live on the northwest side of Grand Rapids over by uh, Lincoln and that.
6: And I want to tell you what I feel. I've, I am afraid to go for a walk Action.
1: Okay, ma'am, what, what action item are you talking about? About the police. Okay, so this is this is only on items that we're voting on tonight. So you have to tell us specifically. Well, they just talked about police. But they talked about an item that we voted on earlier today. So this, I'm going to ask you just to hold off and wait until I open up the last opportunity for public comment so that we can actually get to our action items. Oh, Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Jill. can you fix the box on the screen? Hi, welcome.
5: Hi, my name is Carrie. I live in Grand Rapids. I've spoken to you several times before. Um, As I've said before, I'm a military veteran. I've been an accountant for going on 25 years. And when I look at this budget items here to authorize the recruit class to attend GVSU Police Academy. And when I look at the salary ordinance to raise wages again. And when I look at the item number four that Emma spoke on before for more training when I see regularly that GRPD is still daily harassing, attempting to intimidate brutalizing the community on a daily basis when they are following protesters who leave a protest and wait until they're by themselves before they surround them and pull guns on them to pull them over when it's two young BIPOC women, after they were behind them during a peaceful march, for hours, and they didn't arrest them then, But they waited until they were by themselves on another street on the other side of town and followed them and surrounded them and held them at gunpoint. And I've seen that happen multiple times. They waited another day when we left a reproductive rights protest until we were walking down a dark street to our vehicles and surrounded us with five vehicles to surround one person. It's ridiculous that you are throwing more money at them when they are still not changing their behaviors. They are still harassing the citizens. There is still no justice for Patrick Lioya. His charge should have been a first degree murder charge when it was proven that he deliberately turned off his body cam instead of second degree especially knowing the fact that a year previously he had done the same thing on another stop when he had previously turned off his body cam. It's ridiculous that I'm seeing this amount of money adding to the police budget that's already excessive when we have no justice, we have no change in policing, and you keep throwing money at them to give them more power. Justice for Patrick Lioya. Thank you. Thank you.
8: Uh, My name is Kieran, I live in Grand Rapids, Third Ward second word. Sorry, my bad. On the cusp. Anyway, I would like to speak about the fiscal committee uh, resolution number five, to authorizing the Grand Rapids Police Department recruit class to attend Grand Valley State University Police Academy for a total cost of $92,200. Um, that amount of money just seems atrocious to me, um, that it wouldn't just be reallocated from their already large budget. Um, I also, as stated, two hours on each topic to unlearn life long white supremacy is not enough. Um, I know personally I was raised in a middle class white family with really horrendous beliefs. And it took me years to work my way out of the things that I was taught when I was young. And two hours wouldn't do that for me. Two hours would not Change my beliefs that people on the streets deserve it somehow. That took years, that took being there, that took meeting people, knowing people, that took people slapping me on the back of the head and telling me that's really wrong and here's why. And that didn't take two hours, that took years. So I think that, well, they do need more classes and training on it. The money needs to come from (laughs) their already large budget. Also, most people that work in a profession they went to school for had to pay for their own schooling mm-hmm. and it's like a required, it's required to have that degree. So I don't find it abhorrent to require police officers to go, attend these classes, pay for them out of their own pocket, take out loans for it, like the rest of us who go to college do, and that's how we get them to take the classes. I just, I hate to see more of our money Going towards the police force in ways that are proven not to make a difference that are just kind of washing over the whole thing, like look what we've done like all right now it's up to them when it's really like if you if you think that you can change the same people who are already in our police department, then like you need to commit to putting them through years and years of therapy education uh, they they need a lot more than two hours and another gun like so that's my big thing, I, I think it's really abhorrent that we've given $92,000 more to the police. Um, also, uh, number 10 in the fiscal committee, the salary ordinance, um, giving people pay raises <laughs> when police department already has so many issues. Um, I just think that we could have so much better things to do with our money currently. So, yep, justice for Patrick Leoya and defund the GRPD.
9: happened again. I wasn't going to speak on the first one. Then, Dumb things were talked about. Lucas, First Ward, I appreciate the remarks about the lifelong white supremacy problem, but I think there's a much shorter term problem when we're talking about police training funding. No, you can't undo a lifetime of garbage. Doing my best to censor Madam Mayor. Thank you. But you really should be focusing on undoing the shorter term deeply broken, psychological, twisted souls that choose that profession. Mm -hmm. Most of the police in the United States would at least cheat a red light with their signals, which makes most police bad cops. This privileged abuse of power approach this wired for bullying, this telling people what to do because you always wanted to, because you got picked on too much when you were little. That is where you should put ninety-two grand per person in psychological treatment. Because I've been in a lot of places, I've seen a lot of cops, I've had some buddies that worked in prisons, and they have explained this very clearly to me. You're dealing with broken human beings that choose this profession, sometimes because they couldn't hack it as a real soldier. So I don't know if training is going to fix that. And I've had a few great cops I've known. I really have. I really, really have. And I've had a lot of family members talk to me. You know, your great uncle such and such was a where? Alabama? Okay, we're done with this conversation. There is a brokenness and a bully mentality that people attracted to that profession bear. And until you're ready to deal with that, you can't train it out of them. It doesn't matter if they're white supremacists or purple supremacists; they are bullies by nature. You have to deal with that. And it's not gonna be with shorthand training. I came here with much more diplomacy in my heart tonight. I'm being as nice as I can about it. But this profession attracts trash, okay? And you got to fix that. I don't think yours does. Mine, marketing, attracts smarmy BS artists. Hey, what up? But everybody should go where they're welcome and useful, and it is not welcome and useful for police to be abusive personalities. That's the place to put your money.
1: All right, thank you. All right, we're going to close that public comment period and move on to approval of the minutes. Commissioners, can I get a motion?
9: So, support.
1: All right, moved and supported. Any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Carries. All right, next that will take us to petitions and communications.
2: First one is a communication received from Joshua Lunger, Grand Rapids Chamber Vice President, Government Affairs, with an update on public behavior.
1: All right, that's received and filed.
2: Communication from Shannon Tannis regarding Robert's Rules of Order.
1: That is received and filed.
2: Communication is received regarding justice for Patrick Leoya.
1: That is received and filed.
2: Communication received expressing concerns for the proposed Higgy Group LLC project.
1: That is received and filed.
2: Communication received from Emma regarding public comment.
1: And that is also received and filed. All right, next that will take us to reports of city officers.
2: The first one is a comptroller's report for the period of June 8, 2022 through June 28, 2022 in the amount of $29,648,273.79.
1: That's received and filed.
2: And second, a treasurer's report for the period of June 4, 2022 through June 28, 2022
1: and that is received and filed. All right, next that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda are items that we voted on earlier today in one of our standing committee meetings where there was a unanimous vote. So tonight with one voice vote, we'll adopt those items. Commissioners, can I get a motion?
10: So moved. Support.
1: All right, moved and supported. Any additional comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. All right, that will take us to our ordinances to be adopted, and we have two ordinances before us tonight.
2: The first one is a consideration of an ordinance rezoning 2,550 Eastern Avenue Southeast from SDNOSA, which is a special district neighborhood office service, with a conditional rezoning agreement to its previous MCN-LDR, which is mid-20th century low-density residential zoning designation.
1: All right, can I get a motion? So moved. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Jones, you wanna tell us about this?
11: Yes, Mayor, Uh, it was back on the 21st of June of this year that we established uh, today, the 12th of July, as the date to consider rezoning 2550 Eastern Avenue Southeast to the MCN LDR, which is the mid 20th century neighborhoods low density residential zone district. Uh, The property was previously rezoned to (coughs) SD-NOS, which is special districts neighborhood office services. With a conditional rezoning agreement, but has n- not been redeveloped in accordance with the agreement, and the agreement has now expired.
1: All right, thank you, Commissioner. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments about this item? All right, there's a roll call vote tonight.
2: Commissioner Repart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Mayor Bliss?
1: Yes, it carries. All right, that will take us to our second ordinance to be adopted tonight.
2: The second one is a commir- consideration of a major amendment to the Celebration Village SDPRD, which is Special District Planned Redevelopment District, to facilitate redevelopment of 2135 East Beltline Avenue Northeast. All
1: right, can I get a motion?
12: So moved. Support. All
1: right, moved in support. and supported. Commissioner Rappart, you want to tell us about this?
12: Yeah, thanks, Mayor. This is the old Chili's site on the East Beltline, and it is going to be transitioned to an urgent care facility and a coffee shop. Uh, the, na- the neighborhood association did not oppose the project, and it, and it passed the planning commission unanimously.
1: Great. Thank you. Commissioners, mm-hmm. any questions or comments? All right. This is also a roll call vote tonight.
2: Commissioner Lanier. Hi. Commissioner Jones. Yes. Commissioner O'Connor. Yes. Commissioner Rubart. Yes, Mayor Bliss.
1: Yes it carries. All right commissioners that will take us to our scheduled public hearings and we have a number of them tonight. We'll take the first one independently and then we'll uh, ask our economic development director to come forward and we'll take the uh, final four together. Um, So the first one is a city commission. Uh, We are here to Uh, sit as an appeals body for the 2022 Downtown Improvement District Special Assessment Rule number 8768. So we'll start with having our city assessor speak to this item. And then those of you who are living in this assessment district um, who would like to appeal your assessment, I'll give you an opportunity to come forward after that. And then our city assessor will be available afterwards to follow up with you directly. And
13: will you stay in here? You're going to go into room 921. room, Room 921. All right, Paula, go ahead. So, uh, back on May 10th, the Downtown Improvement District uh, Board's plan was adopted. And so, the uh, assessor's office sent property owners uh, notices on May 26th and let them know about the appeal process and the amount of the special assessment. So, the special assessment roll has been open to the public for uh, the required two weeks starting on June 13th all the way through today. In addition, a copy of the assessment roll. Is posted on the city's website Uh, as of today we've received ten appeals and tonight the Commission convenes as the Board of Review to hear appeals of these assessments and tonight is the final opportunity for those notified to file an appeal with uh, of the assessment so I'll be in room 921 Um, I have forms for anybody who needs to uh, or wishes to file an appeal and uh, we'll review those appeals and report back to you on August 9th um, for the confirmation of the role. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Paula.
1: All right, so I'll open up this public comment period. Uh, For this one, uh, because this is specific to the special assessment appeal, we ask that you share your name and then your address uh, in this district and then you can speak and then uh, as Paula said, you can follow up with her her afterwards. So is there anyone tonight who wishes to appeal their special assessment in this specific special assessment role? We're supposed to share our address. All right, all right, anyone else? Okay. We'll go ahead and close that public hearing and we'll move forward. Thank you, Paula. All right, next we will move forward, commissioners, uh, with our four economic development public hearings uh, and uh, we'll take those together. And so I'll read all four of them and then we'll ask Mr. Gracia to come forward and I know we have some guests here with us tonight who can also speak on the projects. So before us tonight, we have public hearings to consider an application for a 10-year obsolete property rehabilitation exemption certificate pursuant to Public Act 146 of 2000 and this is for the project at 644 Bridge Street, LLC. We also have public hearings for three brownfields. Brownfield plan amendment for the Academy Manor project located at 43 Lakeside Drive. And then we have a a brownfield plan amendment for Dwelling Place. This is the regional community land trust development located at 2080 Union Avenue Southeast. And then we have one related to the project. This is a revised uh, should be clear this is a revised brownfield plan amendment for 900 Cesar E Chavez LLC redevelopment project uh, so we'll start with mr. Gracia from our economic development department you can give us a rundown on these four projects I see some of the individuals from these projects present uh, they will be welcome to come forward afterwards uh, and then we'll open it up for public comment
14: so good, me- good evening mayor and commissioners um, so, so I'll start with the uh, Public hearing for the uh, 10-year uh, Oprah certificate for 644 Bridge Street Northwest so this project is again a two-story structure with approximately uh, 3,600 square feet uh, the project uh, is a rehab of a, that existing structure with uh, estimated cost of uh, just over five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars the applicant is uh, utilizing our inclusion plan for this development and has a goal of 30% or approximately $172,000 for the plan and this project has also received support from the West Side Corridor Improvement Authority through a $20,000 facade improvement grant The second project before you is the Academy Manor project located at 43 Lakeside Drive Northeast um, again uh, this is a, dev- a redevelopment of uh, existing uh, 177 thousand square, square foot building that will result in 108 um, uh, affordable rental units um, total project costs are anticipated to be uh, just over um, 28 million dollars and the uh, inclusion plan numbers for this project are approximately 13 percent or roughly 2.2 uh, 2 million dollars of the overall project and um, the next pro the third project will be uh, for the uh, dwelling place project located at 2080 Union Avenue Southeast. Again, this property the the um, uh, dwelling place has an option to acquire approximately 4.7 acres on the existing parcel and develop 42 single family uh, units and total investment uh, just um, about 14 million dollars. And this particular project, we're supporting it through the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority as well as a local Brownfield Revolving Fund um, for a period over uh, 21 years. And again, this project is also part of the inclusion plan at 15% of the overall, which is uh, approximately $2.1 million. And again, these particular uh, units uh, here um, will be under the uh, community land trust model for ownership. The last project uh, is located at 900 Cesar Chavez, uh, and it is a, a property uh, of existing building um, that will have retail on the first floor, uh, an office on the second floor, and uh, used by Supermercados Mexico, a local grocer and other future tenants. Uh, total investment of this project is $4.1 million with the expected creation of 55 new jobs. This project is uh, seeking uh, brownfield reimbursement for eligible activities related to demolition, lead, and asbestos abatement. Um, This is a first-time developer um, and is a minority-owned business. And again, this project itself is also part of the the inclusion plan is estimating almost 90% or approximately $3.2 million of the overall project cost for uh, uh, minority-owned contractors. This project also received support from the South Division Granville Quarter Improvement Authority um, for a facade grant as well. So we do have representatives, Mayor, here. If you would like to call up individually or answer any questions, otherwise we can open it for public comment.
1: I think we're all pretty familiar with these projects. Um, although I, let's see, do we have? Uh, I see. Let's see. I'm looking in the audience. Javier is here. Javier, is there anything that you would like to add about this project? You're good okay and then uh, I saw mr. Daru from dwelling place Jeremy is there anything where's Jeremy anything to add I know you've been before us quite a bit for this project okay and then uh, is Brad here from oh there you are there sorry he is. right in the front you're good okay thanks
14: mr. Bennett is here as well all
1: right thank you thank you um, all right so if you are here to be heard on this Oprah or these brownfields you have an opportunity to come forward share your thoughts
6: my name is Emma. First of all, how dare you combine all of these? Um, I spent hours <laughs> studying all of these. How dare you assume that I do not want my full 12 minutes? Um, you so love these rules on the agenda. I am following them. You love them so much that you shut down meetings and you escort people out by security, but when it doesn't serve you, you fiddle it and make it the way you want. How dare you? So I'm going to speak however long I want because technically I'm allowed 12 minutes. Um,
1: You know, I'm going to pause right here because I do have the authority to combine public. Your authority
6: is BS. Do not interrupt me. You can read. Number two, considering the application for the 10-year absolute obsolete property rehabilitation exempt exemption certificate for 644 Bridge Street LLC at 644 Bridge Street, Street Northwest. I demand that the building should not be made for profit motivated use, which results in gentrification, especially in this area, unless there's a guarantee that all employees will be sourced in the surrounding area, receive equitable and living wages, and have a clear delimited opportunity for advancement. I also the demand that the building have open access bathroom. I've heard too many stories of people on the streets who have issues with their kidneys, um, issues with diuretics who know that they will get arrested for peeing so they die days later. How dare how dare businesses say it is okay for people not to come in and use their bathrooms when it results in death. So that is a huge demand of mine. I also demand that more than 30% of services be done by no minority-owned companies. I do like that at least 30% is being um, delineated here. There should be more. And I demand that if it's not used um, for the above ways um, that I listed above, that it should be used for healthcare education, affordable childcare, or other essential social services. Number three, considering redevelopment project proposed at 900 Caesar Isaves Avenue Southwest and at 919 Caulfield Avenue Southwest. as I say, the same demands as number two, I will say them all again. I demand that the building should not be made for profit-motivated use, which results in gentrification, unless there is a guarantee that all employees will be sourced in the surrounding area, receive equitable living wages, and have a clear delineated opportunity for advancement. Also, that the building have open-access bathroom, um, demand that more than 30% of services be done by minority- minority-owned companies, and demand that the building be used for healthcare, education, affordable ch- childcare, or essential social service. Moving fast because apparently you want me to be out of breath mayor bliss um considering redevelopment project number four project proposed at a portion of 2080 union avenue southeast to construct 40 oh this is the dwelling place one um i love um the 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 community land trust model um however i demand that more than 50 percent of those homes be under the community land trust or be specifically um, delineated as affordable housing affordable housing is considered um when a person only has to pay less than 30% of their income. So that has to be that way, and demand that, 30, that more than 30 percent of construction costs be con- contracted with a minority-owned business. Um, and then number five, um, the p- project at 43 Lakes, where Marywood used to be. Um, I love that it's going to also be affordable rental housing. I do demand that the housing be truly affordable in the sense again that it is no more than one third of a, a household's income. Five seconds less, bitches. <laughs> All right. Others wish
15: to
9: be heard. Okay, Lucas, first ward, live on Walker. Mr. Reppert and some portion of Mr. O'Connor's uh, conscience are my representatives. This is in my district, uh, 644 Bridge. I'm a member of the uh, Stockbridge Business Association as well, so I was in the room when this was asked for our support and I have nodded and raised my hand in support of the project. I think it's really important for old buildings to get good attention, for them to be rehabbed. Uh, all too often, we just walk in and kick over something old and historic. I've seen the elevation sketches and designs. I think this is a really nice treatment for this building. I echo the concerns of some of the folks in this room You guys all know because I keep urging you through email to actually talk to people about how anything works, so I'm sure there are elements of what are being asked for by these other folks that are either more difficult and challenging or state-based, possibly county-based. It'd be real cool if you took some time to talk about that in this chamber, which I've been urging you to do in my communications. So I'm not going to demand, but I'm going to say that more than 30% would be great. I'm not going to talk about restrooms because the guy doesn't even know who's going to rent these two floors yet. But I would love to see those owners be residents in my neighborhood. I would love to see pricing be appropriate. Whenever I walk to Bridge Street from the house, I pass a whole lot of empty retail that somebody promised somebody would be full and vibrant one day. And it's not. So why is it not? Probably because no one can afford to start a business so those are, those are balances we need to entertain. I'm convinced that one of my commissioners understands that balance. I haven't been compelled by any communication from the other that he does. But I think there is capacity in this body to do all of these things. And a lot of you have talked to me, and you know my approach is I want it all. I want this guy to get a beautiful building and put some great stuff in it, because I'd rather look at a beautiful building with great stuff in it when I'm having a beer up on the second floor of Harmony Hall than look at a bunch of trashy old stuff that some curmudgeon doesn't wanna fix up. But if they're just a curmudgeon, it's their fault. If they're not being helped by the apparatus that we all expect to support us, it's your fault. So I support it. As a member of that business association, as a freelancer, as a resident, and as a supporter, well, a constituent supporter of one of these commissioners, I will support it. But I think the things that this room is talking about are worthy conversations that you need to work harder to invite them into.
1: Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard. Hello,
7: my name is Shannon Tanis and I'm from the first ward. Um, I was going to speak on number four um, regarding dwelling place. I'm actually a resident of one of Dwelling Places Properties. And recently had issues, um, and please, if I go over time, allow me more time to explain. Um, With the property management, and they keep saying private, they're a private business. And I'm like, what do you mean you're a private business? You're receiving public, state funds, and federal funds. Where is this concept coming from? Where are your articles of incorporation that incite that you're a private business? while you have public businesses being ran out of these business, out of these resident units, okay? Um, when I started investigating, uh, I found their CMs registration for their federal public funding that they get. Um, I also researched the Martinell Master Subtenant Limited Dividend Housing Association. Uh, It's actually dissolution right now, it's not standing. And the people that are in charge of that are bar members. Um, Not to mention my safety, uh, my mail is stolen out of a, a locked building that has cameras and I haven't gotten any correspondence with the police department, or further with my building manager, so that I can get an established system to collect this data of crimes being committed in the HMNI system. Um, drug trafficking. I'm witnessing, which I spoke to you, Commissioner, about already. So I had to make a vice report. Uh, uh, this is just common sense stuff. Everybody sees it for this responsibilities, you've breached the trust so bad. This is bad, guys. I keep going on and on about this stuff and nobody has engaged me on an executive session. I am not joking, okay? If it wasn't for your city comp controller, I would not be standing here right now. I would have already filed, okay? And I I wouldn't waste any more of my time. It's three years I've wasted many things that have happened upon me, okay? so. No, I don't think any of these projects should move forward until you address the vetting and the attachments, at least a basic minimum, come on. This is basic oversight stuff, you guys. This should be 101 elementary stuff. I have no college degree. I have no license, no certification except for a GED. What's going on here? What are you guys smoking? What are you drinking? Because I ain't the same stuff I got, okay? Seriously, so I really would appreciate it if you come to the table. Because thank thank I don't want to have to continue. Okay, thank you, thank appreciate you. it, thanks.
1: All right, anyone else wishes to be heard on the Oprah or Brownfields? All right, we'll close that public hearing, those public hearings, and that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment tonight.
12: Thank you. My
16: name is Renard Sear from Grand Rapids. A slight change of topic here from everything else so far tonight. I'm a minister with the Satanic Temple, and I'm head of a congregation based primarily in West Michigan. We've been operating in Grand Rapids and across the state for a bit over three years now. In the past several months, our congregation has seen a massive influx of individuals seeking membership or people seeking to become our allies and asking how they can support us and work with us. A common theme among all of these individuals has been a rejection of the concept that any religion should guide decisions made by our government, regardless of whether it is a national congress or a local school board. I am here tonight representing the will of those people and asking that the Grand Rapids City Commission make their decisions based on what is best for our community instead of what a certain religious group says is right based on their personal interpretations of their individual religious texts. Grand Rapids states that it is a city of diversity, celebrating a mix of cultures and religions. An individual's gender, sexual orientation, nation of origin, or personal beliefs should not matter as far as the welcome our city works to offer. I want to see that goal reached someday. But if we ever fall into the trap of allowing a single religion to dominate as our guide, we will find that diversity will suffer regardless of which religion is chosen. Making decisions based on a singular viewpoint is a rejection of the many benefits that diversity brings to our community. Today is the first time I read the mission statement of the city of Grand Rapids and I am impressed by the simplicity of the statement to elevate quality of life through excellent city services. I am not here to ask you to do anything more than pursue that mission without being distracted by those who seek to impose their own personal religious interpretations upon your decision-making process. Thank you for your time this evening.
1: Thank you, thank you for your comments. All right, others wish to be heard?
17: Hello, my name is Ben, pronouns he him, and I am a Grand Rapids native and lifelong Kent County resident. I currently reside on the Southwest Quadrant. It is an honor to be here today to discuss secularity as a non-theistic Satanist and a minister of the Satanic Temple of West Michigan.
1: (laughs) Sir, do not interrupt somebody when they're speaking. (laughs) I'm I'm serious, do not, he has a right to be heard without being interrupted. Mr. I I am telling you, do not interrupt people when they're speaking.
17: Go ahead. We are witnessing a clash of forces right now, a class of progress against theocracy. Progress represents what humanity is capable of when great minds get together and work against the odds to create a sense of well-being to the benefit of society. Theocracy cannot produce well-being, for as history has shown, theocratic powers have frequently stood against progress to the benefit of the insecurities of the dominant religious force. Historically, when progressive values clash with theology, progressive values have always prevailed, more often, slowly than not, but progress prevails. We are at the eve of that clash right now with the overturning of Roe versus Wade and states scrambling to find ways to encroach upon the reproductive freedoms of its residents. In the wake of the Supreme Court decision, atheist communities, including humanists, Satanists, and other atheist groups, have seen an incredible surge in activity and new folk looking to stand opposed to theocratic overreach. This surge comes during a time where the number of Americans leaving Christianity has already been in decline. A 2020 Gallup poll shows a decline in church membership. Gallup's poll shows that between the years 1937 and 1999, church membership maintained around 70%. However, at the turn of the century from 2000 to 2020, a substantial decline from 70% to only 47% was observed. I think we can safely credit the accessibility of information due to the technological boom over the past two decades for this drop in church membership. As we can see now, those numbers are expected to continue to decline over the coming decades, as younger generations are able to be influenced by demonstrable science rather than archaic superstition. These younger folk who are not affiliated with any church deserve to be represented by people who adhere to the same values of well-being and progress rather than restricted by people's beliefs in the mythical tales of Bronze Age shepherds. As a resident of Kent County from birth to this day, I've witnessed this city grow and become a place that I can be proud of, a place that I can be happy to reside in. Grand Rapids represents to me some of the great things we can achieve and will continue to achieve. It is my plea to this noble council that we keep a shrinking religion from maintaining influence over a populace that is moving forward into the information age. By keeping secularity in mind when casting decisions, we can keep Grand Rapids a city of opportunity, a city moving forward, armed with the knowledge and prowess to progress. This is my will for my home city, the future I imagine when I stand beneath the red arches of Calder Plaza. So in closing, I ask, do we take the road of progress or the road of theocracy? Thank
18: Thank you. you. Mother's Mother Beard.
19: Hello, my name is Alyssa. I live here in Grand Rapids and I've lived in, within Kent County my whole life. I am also an ordained minister of the Satanic Temple, West Michigan. I would like to speak briefly on the Satanic Temple's beliefs on abortion and why we consider it a right for all people with the capacity to become pregnant. As a Satanist, we have seven tenets that we do our best to adhere to that lead us to exemplify compassion, justice, autonomy, freedom, the pursuit of knowledge, accountability, and nobility. I'm going to go over three of these tenets with you now. The fifth tenet reads, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Most current scientific understanding about the beginning of life puts that at time of first breath after birth, not conception. While we understand science is an ever-changing beast, we also know that most science tends to agree on this matter. The first tenet reads, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Everyone's situation is different. Being compassionate and empathetic towards people who can become pregnant and are going through an abortion is extremely important. Abortion is not an easy decision for people, one that they battle themselves on and can cause extreme depression and anxiety. By giving them access to the healthcare that they need, they are given bodily autonomy to make their own medical decisions. The third tenet reads, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. For me personally, this is a favorite tenet, bodily autonomy is extremely important. By restricting access to abortion, you are restricting people's control over their own body something that I truly believe is an absolute right for all people, no matter gender, race, or creed. I want to emphasize I am not here to convert anyone to Satanism, only to emphasize that there are more religious beliefs than one. When we as a country, a country that claims to have freedom of religion, decide to adhere to one faith over another, we show that we truly do not have freedom of religion. Freedom of religion is only true if we also have freedom from religion and freedom from religion allows everyone to continue with their own takes on abortion and other issues. Allowing access to abortion does not stop those who believe in life at conception to not have an abortion, but it does allow those who wish to make that choice for themselves safe to access it. Thank you, Hail Satan.
1: Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard?
20: Hi, <clears throat> my name is Zoe. I live in uh, the northeast side of Grand Rapids. Um, I am a religious person, in case the kippah did not tip you off. Um, I'm a proud religious person. I grew up in Holland, which is even more religious. Uh, I studied religion in undergrad. I almost went on to get my master's in divinity, and maybe I will in the future. Um, I have seen the good that religion can do. But more and more, I've seen the ugly side of religion. Uh, More specifically, the problems that arise when it is coupled with government power. Uh, With Roe v. Wade uh, recently repealed, communities of faith are justifiably concerned about further infringement on free religious practice. Um, I have no desire to keep anyone from their religious beliefs. Uh, it's the diversity of religious expression that makes, uh, that is really an essential part of Grand Rapids history and ongoing culture. Um, I personally am guided by my religious beliefs in nearly every aspect of my life. However, uh, while individuals, uh, I think, can and should make decisions based on their religion and other beliefs, I don't believe religion itself should dictate public policy. Religious people may participate in our local government. Religious texts should not. I urge you all to protect the religious freedom of all the people of Grand Rapids, not just the religion of some. I ask you to uphold the separation of church, or synagogue, as it were, and state, and in so doing, maintain the integrity of each, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your comments.
1: All right, others wish to be heard.
9: Still Lucas, still First Ward. Uh, I brought a bunch of pearls in case the previous demonstration of religious diversity bothers anyone. They're up here, you can clutch them. (laughs) (laughs) I brought speakers that you just saw that represent a small cross-section of the diversity of Grand Rapids when it comes to faith or lack thereof. We organized this in just a few days. Our pagan and Hindu folks were unable to make it, but they promised to be here next time. So why did we do this? The corrupt and illegitimate Supreme Court has sided with Christian cultists in their pursuit of the subjugation of women and whoever they come for next. So now was the time. And after so many of these meetings in this chamber have been hijacked by Christian rhetoric and scripture, and meetings have been opened with Christian prayer, it seemed appropriate to leverage the equal time that we've been promised by the leaders. Those are the two options available constitutionally for religious speech, all or nothing. As leaders, you can either ban religious speech and eliminate it from your agenda, or you have to encourage, welcome, and allow it all. The question you have to ask yourself is how much time do you want to waste on the eventuality that we can get every faith to show up and claim their three minutes? Or worse, will you cowardly adjourn a meeting before one of them can speak, prohibiting them the opportunity for equal respect under the law? Listen to the words. This government could make this chamber entirely secular, eliminate the corny nationalistic grade school recitation of the pledge with its mention of the Christian God, and require all public comments which venture into faith speech to be germane to city business as you do with other commentary. For many of us, a doggedly secular government is the only appropriate choice for every reason imaginable. The Constitution is on your side if you have the guts to agree with us, so I urge you to consider it. I've been trying to find my way forward with reconciliation with all of you, and I appreciate the the bridge-building meetings and discussions that I've had with many I'm still hoping that Commissioners O'Connor, Yasazi, and Lanier will engage with me like I've been asking for for over a year now, even before the unforgivable murder of Patrick Lioya. To that end, I'm trying to keep these remarks a bit more diplomatic, you may have noticed. And I will simply respond to the state of affairs for women in this backward nation with some everlasting lyrics like a good little heathen Gen X kid should. She heads for the clinic and she gets some static walking through the door. They call her a killer, they call her a sinner, and they call her a whore. God forbid you ever have to walk a mile in her shoes, because then you really might know what it's like to have to choose. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
1: All right, others wish to be heard?
6: first of all i want to shame every single one of you um actually two of you who are doppelgangers in the cowards places who decided not to show up today but i emailed you all of you twice i have not received this response it's been three weeks i know that you read and heard it because you acknowledge it up here um and said oh emma said something you read it you didn't respond you had a lot of time um for those of you who want raises who the cowards who aren 't here um, uh, Mark Washington, an almost twelve percent raise Anita hitchcock, an almost twenty four percent rage my blood boils at the thought how effing dare they how dare they when first of all you can't respond to my emails that's a small thing second of all you continue to f up your job so royally if it was me i'd have all of you gone right now but then you ask for a mother effing raise <laughs> if you cannot survive on the salaries you already have six figures You must be the worst at working part time. You must be the worst at financial management I've ever heard of. And therefore you should not be anywhere near the city commission or any government position whatsoever. When there are people on the street, when there are people being murdered, when there are people with mental health issues, when there are people bleeding and crying out in the street and all you can effing think about is the more money in your pocket. I do not know how you are human. I do not know how they are human. And I continue to try to see humanity in each of all of you. That's why I'm not up here (laughs) hurting you physically that's what that's why I haven't burned this place to the ground because I see humanity in all of you and I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for you in fact I am giving you a grace because all of the things I'm proposing would actually benefit you too if you were intelligent enough to understand that I I am almost in tears at the state of the public officials here, especially those who asked for a raise when they should have been fired, when they should have, when you all should have resigned the moment that Patrick Leoya was murdered because his blood is on your hands that to me, that you are still here, tells me Thank you.
1: that you are up. unfit. Thank you. Your time's up. Thank you. Yeah. Your time's up. Yeah. All right. Others who wish to be heard?
21: No need for introduction. We've seen each other too many times to count Um, my shirt reads so you have time to consider a raise but not time to hear the cries of your people for policy change yeah that's sick (laughs) Um, I just want to remind you that I work hard I'm the only breadwinner in my family I make well over minimum wage that's almost $17 an hour but yet still I'm in a desperately low um poverty level right i can still get food stamps i can get medicaid i can probably go get income-based housing which will probably be needed because the amount of rent right now is absolutely ludicrous two-bedroom houses in like a slum place for two thousand a month and you got to make three times that so that equates to what roughly 25 dollars an hour but please washington and anita Baker. Give yourself that 11% in that 24% raise because nobody else needs to eat, right? Nobody else needs community programs that would help them, like education or mental health or anything other than giving you more money to live wherever it is that you live. This is ludicrous. You're giving our cops more money to do a two-day class on what? Something that can't be taught in that time. That's a joke. That is a slap in every single one of our faces. That's you saying, here, here's the Band-Aid, the Dollar Tree kind that won't stick for your gaping wounds. That's what that is. The little plastic ones that as soon as you put them on, they fall off. That's what you're training. That's where you want all this extra money to go to. Why don't you uh, turn in that bike? That three-wheeler that they ride around so fancy like? That's an easy 50 to 100 grand. I'm guessing probably 100 grand since it's customized and bigger than the little one that I price checked. Why can't you do that? Why can't you release some of the horses to a nice home? That's a few thousand. Few thousand even in cost in feeding them. Why can you not pull these funds from anywhere else? And I'd also like to say it's an absolute joke and a slap in the face that our uh, police chief, who called for sure's immediate firing once the charges were brought against him, is sitting with a sure supporter.
15: Mm. She me off.
21: So that tells me that everything you guys have coming out of your fucking mouths
1: is a lie. So you guys can all. Your time's up. Your time's up.
6: Your time's
4: up. Eat it! Eat it! I'm Casey from the third ward. I got a response last meeting. I got a response. You know what you guys said? You told me to part my hair on the other side. You mentioned my looking and staring and blinking. It's so insulting. You know what I think's really insulting? that we come here talking about policy change, right? We're saying, why am I paying for her insurance so when she does something wrong, it comes out of my tax dollars? Why don't you put that back into the community? There's some money right there, she could pay that herself. Lawyers do, doctors do, I do for my job. Any business, so anybody in a professional setting pays for their own liability insurance. And then you guys look at me and say, my hair? That is insulting that that's what you heard. It's insulting that that protesters are getting charges for using megaphones and in those police reports it says and then our officers on top of the children's museum roof observed veterans park as they passed out food to the unhoused oh no know, okay that, but- that that's what it says in the report right and then you're giving the police more money because right now we're underfunded we're underfunded, but in our police reports, you're letting us know that you have a, a team specifically to babysit us as we do your job. It's insulting. It's really insulting. Uh, let's think, what else is insulting? Hmm. Raises, bingo. Raises. So, George, so Mark, George Washington, I mean, see the similarity, but you good. Okay, so Mark Washington and Anita, they already exceeded their limit. They can't possibly get any higher, but they broke it, and now you guys are nexties. So, you're looking at us in the face. You're looking at my daughter and saying, oh, sorry about your after-school program. You'll have to ask the state. Oh, sorry about that housing crisis. You know, we're just really crunched for money. And you're giving yourselves raises and I'm paying her insurance. I'm paying their insurance. And Whew. The other day I was at the gas station and the police went by and I said, F word the police. And then they pulled in behind me in the gas station and they wouldn't let me leave because I was creating a public disturbance. But wouldn't you know that everyone in that gas station parking lot was BIPOC and they clapped when I said it. And when the police came, they ran away. Who's the disturbance? Underfunded though. It's really insulting. But you know what? I got a response. And all this shows the integrity of your character and the integrity of your worthiness of that seat. So when we're up here acting like hoodlums or swearing or cursing, it's because you are insulting. You, not us.
1: All right, others wish to be heard?
22: It's very hard. It. My name is Aurora, and I'm eight years old, and I'm from the third world. It's very, very hard for a kid to get mad, but right now, I'm very, very, very mad. Why are you mad? Tell because you... I'm mad because you are giving thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to the police stations in like each day. And it's, it's stupid because that money should be going to the commuti- community. Right. None of that money should be going to the police because all they're doing with all the money is getting more stuff to kill people. Mm-hmm. That's not good for the environment.
4: It's not
22: I know you may not be listening, but I'm still going to say it.
4: Anything else? I'm going to do some chants. You got two, one minute, 40 seconds. What do you think? Oh, I know. Okay, let them know.
22: I can name about. More than 10 handfuls right now of people that the police have killed. That's stupid.
4: But they want more training. You know, they even did the eight can't wait last time they said they were going to do more training. And right after, they chokeholded someone, which was on the eight can't wait. But now if we just give them more money, then they can get better training and then it'll be fine. That's what they said. Do you believe that? you think that's accurate? you think that's a good idea?
22: No, not at all.
4: Me and the other girls. Does it make sense?
22: Yeah. You
4: got one minute. Can you think of anything else? Or just use your time.
22: I just think it's so stupid that there's a bunch of you up there that are mixed or black, and then you're gonna sit up there and just let the police kill a bunch of your kind. But it's p- not your kind technically because you you clearly aren't even human if you're just gonna let police kill a bunch of bunch a bunch of people.
4: Yeah. The thing is is that they're okay with being tokens.
22: All you care about is the money. Right. That's all you care about
4: because they'll do whatever the city tells them to do and then the city can say, see, they're brown, we're inclusive.
22: We shouldn't have to be here right now.
4: That's
22: right. You shouldn't be here right now because you should have been fired. All right, thank you, your time's up. Thank you.
1: Hi, welcome.
23: My name is Matt, I live in the Third Ward. Ever since I have started coming to these meetings, I have been disgusted with how you spend our taxpayer dollars. You are addicted to giving money downtown for the sake of the wealthy residents there and the tourists that aren't even coming here because we're Grand Rapids. (laughs) We're not New York, we're not LA, we're not even Indianapolis. And, And you do this while so many other communities and people are desperate for more resources that you could easily provide, that this city could easily provide, but you don't. And on top of that, you continue to give more money to GRPD when they continue to murder and brutalize the black, brown, indigenous, the homeless, the low-income residents that live here. And on top of that, they arrest protesters on blatantly false charges, simply for exercising their constitutional rights to peaceful demonstration. And the sheer hubris you exhibit with your performative actions trying to make us think that you're on our side, the pennies you give thinking that it's, going, that it's enough and the sheer arrogance that you think that we're not gonna see what you're doing, but we do. I love this city, truly I do. I grew up here, I was away for a while, but I've been back about a year and there's nowhere else I'd rather be, but not because of you, but because of the people behind me that have made me feel like I am home. And for that reason that I believe we deserve better leaders. We deserve better than this group of greedy, heartless cowards. And we certainly deserve a better mayor than Ms. Bullock or Barbie over here. <sighs> justice for Patrick Leoya, justice for all stolen lives.
1: All right, others who wish to be heard?
10: All right, am I picking up? Yeah, All right, cool. Yeah, good. Uh, good evening, Mayor Bliss, uh, commissioners, fellow citizens. Uh, so today I was nearly killed riding my bike on uh, on uh, Michigan and uh, Lafayette, which is an intersection that is not very well painted, You know, like a lot of other intersections here in town, um, and largely you know, just representative of, of our categorical lack of pedestrian and bike infrastructure here in town. Um, it's frustrating to hear as, as we go through all of these points you know, where, where millions and millions of dollars are being allocated to various different efforts, you know, various different improvement projects, that we can't seem to go pull in like the, you know, the national average of like $200,000 to go build protected bike lanes. So I lived in Chicago for a few years. I lived in Grand Rapids for most of my adult life. Uh, I'll say this much. I have had more scary run-ins with huge cars, with, uh, you know, with distracted drivers, with erratic drivers, here than I have had, uh, anywhere else in the country. Chicago's not exactly known for safe roads, but my God, I mean, it's, it's quite a bit better than here. Um, you know, I've been tossed off the front of uh, a minivan going down, uh, going on Michigan street. Cause you know, there's all these like blocked off areas. People can't see turns. Uh, I've gotten uh, wiped out by a lady down on, uh, Done on, uh, I, th- I think it was on Fuller. Uh, you know, turning out of a, you know, turning out of a little shop because again, couldn't see a thing. You know, no protected bike lanes, no anything else like that. Um, this is an extremely cheap problem to solve if we're if we're going to go allocate. 10 million, 15 million, 20 million to, you know, a lot of these other infrastructure projects, it really does make sense to go make uh, investments in infrastructure that working people use to get to and from their jobs without having to operate a motor vehicle. Um, Ultimately, if Grand Rapids can't fix things, you know, like simple things, like putting up some concrete barriers, which, uh, you know, as we've seen lately, they're <laughs> quite good at. Uh, you know, if you can't put up some concrete barriers on Monroe so that people aren't, you know, so that bikers aren't getting like run over by people driving 40 miles an hour in a 20 mile an hour zone, if you can't put up like some, you know, some some, some speed bumps, if you can't put up a bunch of other stuff like that, it, it draws into question a lot of basic issues of like competence on the part of city management, on the part of uh, law enforcement, and on the part of, of uh, those, you know, those of you who we've elected to, to, uh, uh, you know, to adjudicate over where these budgets go and whether or not people are doing their jobs. So to conclude, uh, I, yeah, I look forward to following up with all of you uh, between now and the next election to uh, get this sort of thing fixed. It's a very, very simple, low-hanging fruit to get an improvement quality of life in this city for uh, the whole community. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your comments.
12: How you doing, everybody? My name is DeAndre Jones. i got to say, man, went to the Pride Festival. I remember seeing the uh, people from the Satanic Temple. You guys do some wild rituals, man. That was crazy. Right. Man, I ain't going to lie that. to you. Talk to but, us, Uh, Recently, we just started back up the Urban Youth Summer Basketball League. So we got 10 kids playing basketball at Camp Paul Park and King Park. Uh, We got 10 teams, more than 100 plus kids. If you come over there to the hood, the south side, if you come to the hood, you will see a lot of kids. You know we've been reducing violence, something I'm really passionate about. (laughs) Got a lot of kids out there playing basketball at King Park, man. At Camp Paul Park, and we're <clears throat> reducing violence. Seeing Chief Eric Winstrom, talk to a couple police officers about esports. Talk to them about ways that we can, you know, uh, do some police and community relations because there's no real trust uh, here with the police and the community. No
1: shit. Hey, the pla- do not do not Sorry. interrupt him. He has a right to speak and be heard oh, without shit. being interrupted.
12: It's cool. Do not interrupt
1: him or I will ask you to leave. You are being disruptive and that's your warning or I will ask you to leave.
12: Go ahead, so, um, also, um, this came from the meeting for the participatory budgeting process. want to be a facilitator. I don't want to work on the projects. i rather facilitate and work with the people working on the projects. I'm excited to actually see what, um, what projects we come up with that's actually going to go on the ballot that the community can vote on for the two million dollars. Also, I'm in talk with a um, guy who uh, has a contract with EA Sports. I'm looking to try to bring an eSports tournament here to the city. Uh, This is something we can actually do, but I just have to get the funds to do it, but it's a lot of money to bring EA Sports here, but it is possible, and I've had these conversations. Uh, I'm really, uh, really, sorry, just so much tension, because it's just a lot of tension, it's crazy. I can feel the tension. I can feel the passion of the community. I could really feel it. But yeah, it was my birthday two days ago. It was lit. I was lit, man. I had a good time. I had a great time. I was lit, it was fun, man. It's cancer season, I'm spiritual got the other All right, DeAndre,
1: keep talking to us, direct direct your comments to us.
12: You got everybody here, different religions, different backgrounds, different beliefs. Uh, It's it's really crazy to see people from the satanic temple, then you got people reading the Bible in here. That was crazy, I ain't gonna lie to you. I never thought I'd see something like that. No, but I'm just really happy that we're back running the Urban Youth Summer Basketball League, that we're doing work on the participatory budgeting process, that I'm out here doing the work that I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm, I'm really just hope that maybe some of you commissioners uh, can maybe come watch some basketball at King Park and watch what we're doing up there. We'll have, um, we got an a article coming in Grand Rapids Business Journal, Grand Rapids Magazine. So you'll see the work that we're doing published. I appreciate it.
1: All right, thank you. All
24: right, others wish to be heard. Hi there, I'm Viola from Grand Rapids. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a war going on in our culture. It is good versus evil, right against wrong. We are living in an age of deception and lies. My Bible says there would come a day when there would be those that call evil good and good evil. We are living in that day. And the deception is great. Just because something sounds right doesn't make it true. And some lies feel true even more than the truth because the enemy twists it just enough. Something is wrong when we reward evil and punish good. Something is wrong when we no longer look to truth but what feels good. I was deeply troubled as I watched 70 pastors come together and demand justice, blaming a system and not the bad behavior, and threatening to withhold their votes to those in political arena unless their demands were met, yet never offering to help mend the relationship between our community and our police. No mercy, no grace for Officer Chris Schur. At that okay. moment, Do I was reminded her. of the prophet Elijah. I, hold this. One I, man of God ma'am, who stood gonna, against ma'am, the 450 false prophets ma'am, of ma'am, Baal. Ma'am, can one you stop? One man.
1: Okay, who, hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to let you finish speaking in a moment, but I'm telling... If you continue to interrupt her, that is disrupting this meeting by interrupting people who deserve a right to speak. Even if you do not agree with them, they have a right to speak and be heard by this body. And I will ask you to leave. I will ask you to leave if you continue to interrupt. That's your final warning.
24: At that moment, I was reminded of the prophet Elijah, one man of God who stood against the 450 false prophets of Baal. One man who dared to stand on truth. The Church of the Living God is not woke. We are Holy Ghost filled, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Woe to those that have exchanged the truth for a lie. Woe to those who have chosen who have been seduced by falsehood, and churches that have sold out to the world's system. You see, truth matters. Truth is a threat to those that do evil. Truth will be offensive because it reveals okay. error Stop and charges. Ma'am, I am so sorry. I, those of you
1: interrupting, I'm asking you to leave. You clearly can't sit and listen without interrupting someone speaking. So those of you who are just disruptive, I'm going to ask you to leave. You know who you are. I'm In the line, the one that's continuing to scream, in the white shirt in the front here, I'm asking you to leave, and then I will give you your. I will give you your time back. Okay, you continue to disrupt. You need to leave this meeting. That's right, because I've asked you to leave. When you disrupt people who are speaking, it's disrupting the decorum of this meeting. Order Order in the room.
15: Order. Order.
6: Order. Order.
1: Sir, uh-huh. sir, S- uh-huh. sir? Uh-huh. sir? All right, we're going to resume um, with the public comment period. Go ahead.
24: Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. You see, the truth matters. Truth is a threat to those that do evil because truth will be offensive, because it reveals error and charges the hearer to make a decision, gives them the choice to continue on this destructive road I'm on or turn in the right direction. We need to tear down the lies that have bound this city and demolish every false narrative that brings division and hatred. The greatest threat to this community is not our police. It's not the lie about a system that keeps people down because of the color of their skin. Truth is, the greatest threat to this community are those killing each other on these streets. Those terrorizing this community with robberies, violent crime, theft, assaults, and shootings daily. The very community itself refuses to take hold of the
9: truth. Okay. Great job, Great job guys. Good work. Ma'am, hold on. Hold on.
1: Um. Technically, you cannot, sir. No, it's not allowed.
24: All right. Go ahead. Sorry, the very community itself refuses to take hold of the truth. The truth is they need to fix their culture. They need to fix their house. There is a people that refuse to cower or back down to the world system, and we will stand on truth. I stand with Officer Chris Sheer and prayers for the Grand Rapids Police Department as they engage in this battle between good and evil. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.
1: I, I can't control what my colleagues do. Uh, all right, next person who wishes to be heard. We can still have public comment. We can still hear
3: public comment. Yeah because we're not making an action item. All right, all right. Uh, hi, my name is Kendall and I'm here with Brennan. Um, we are, are here tonight uh, hoping to address the Commission and and, uh, expressing the interest of several business owners within the wedding industry and general community in West Michigan to meet with you and hear from you to discuss an event venue in Grand Rapids that has recently opened and shared that they will not be allowing gay and queer wedding celebrations at their venue. Again, they have only opened in the last two weeks, though they've been building for the last four years. Last week, the Broadway Avenue, located at 1140 Broadway Avenue, opened its doors in the West Side Connection neighborhood as a public wedding and event venue in a renovated church. Yesterday, they planned to have a community open house event, and in the process of inviting participants, they informed those uh, they informed several people through text messages and email messages uh, that they do not plan to allow members of the LGBTQIA+ community to rent their space or facilitate gay and queer weddings in, with. In their space. It's our understanding that the amended December as of December 2019 human rights ordinance addresses public accommodation and prohibits discriminatory practices on the basis of sexual identity and gender expression. Whether or not that includes or sorry, we believe that that should be included to mean sexual identity as well. While it's noted that citizens can report a claim to the Human Rights Ordinance, or to the Human Rights Office if they experience discrimination within the industry, we would like to note the city's position and preemptive actions might be when a new business is planning to discriminate on the basis of sexual identity and gender expression. We would like to know when, if, and how this ordinance can be enforced as it pertains to this venue, what enforcement looks like, whether or not the venue can use the statutes of religious freedom, freedom of expression, and free speech as a basis for legally discriminating against gay couples. What are options are for going forward as concerned citizens and industry professionals when seeking transparency from businesses that plan to discriminate on the basis of sexual identity? We hope to affirm that Grand Rapids is going to remain an inclusive business environment where we do not have to tolerate discriminatory practices nor do business with discriminatory people in our community. The Supreme Court in the state of Michigan have have left this decision in your jurisdiction. Unfortunately at this time um, we do not have a clear answer as to whether or not this is a protected status. So we're requesting a zero tolerance policy. If we cannot immediately enforce an ordinance then I'm not sure why we write them. If we cannot immediately have clear economic and civil sanctions against a business that plans to discriminate, we do not understand why we would write an anti-discrimination policy. We're requesting that the city's attorney's office issue an immediate cease and desist to the Broadway Avenue. It's within your power and it's known as a police power and is protected under the 10th amendment. Uh, We demand that this business seek religious asylum in another community and maybe Hudsonville will have them. Thank you. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you. All right.
1: Others wish to be heard?
11: Hello my name is Dr. Chris Surface. I'm here on behalf of the Surface Foundation Grand Rapids LGBTQ Plus Policy and Research Foundation. We're located inside the Grand Rapids Masonic Center at 233 Fulton Street East, uh, Suite 210F. I'm here today to inform you of our Grand 100 campaign. The Grand 100 campaign's goal is to make Grand Rapids Michigan's fifth city with a perfect 100 score on the Human Rights Campaign's Municipal Equality Index. Grand Rapids currently has a 92, uh, indicating an overall LGBTQ friendly city in terms of its policies and accommodations. However, it has, a, it has had a 92 score since 2019. I'm here today to ask the city manager and the mayor to begin the process of implementing transgender inclusive health care benefits for all city workers. We need Grand Rapids leaders, including the mayor, the city manager, and commissioners, to advocate for the LGBTQ community on the statewide level, including advocating against harmful, destructive, and disproven conversion therapy. We also need the city to implement inclusive city services including city services for the homeless, the transgender community, those with HIV AIDS, and to communicate these service offerings to the public and to the human rights campaign to increase our Municipal Equality Index score. As I am aware in my doctoral research of three West Michigan cities, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, and Holland, I learned about the difficulty in changing building codes to be inclusive of gender neutral in all gender restrooms. I would encourage the city of Grand Rapids to expedite this process to ensure that we can be leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the 21st century. We often see our, our country move backwards and we are disappointed and I feel this pain with you all. It's time to move forward again. It's time to lead on diversity, equity, and inclusion. If we don't do it for a human rights concern, we can at least do it for, an, for economic development and desirability concerns of the region. Let's attract talent here and be the place to be in the Midwest. Let's get it done. Thank you once again. I'm Dr. Chris Surface with the Surface Foundation.
25: Thank you, Doctor. All right, others wish we be heard? My name is Karina and I live in the northeast side of Grand Rapids. Um, I am aware that the Grand Rapids LGBTQ Health Consortium has um, made a case in front of the Grand Rapids Community Relations Committee and there is a recommendation memo sitting on City Manager Mark Washington's desk awaiting movement. I identify as a Christian. But more importantly, I identify as a mother of two LGBTQIA children, and I also identify as a licensed clinical social worker. Since the Grand Rapids LGBTQ Healthcare Consortium website clearly documents the negative impact conversion therapy has on young people, I don't want to give you all those facts that you probably already know, but I do want to tell you the impact that the Grand Rapids culture of Christianity has had on the LGBTQIA um, plus community. My oldest child came out to my husband and I around 2017 while they were in college. They knew that their dad and I wholeheartedly supported them, so I asked them why they waited so long to tell us. It saddened me to hear that they did not feel comfortable or safe to explore their uh, sexuality and gender identity while living in Grand Rapids. Why should somebody have to leave their community to be their true selves? Shortly after my child came out, my church announced that they needed to develop a marriage policy. I started listening to Christian LGBTQIA voices around the country about the impact religion has had on their lives so that I could become a better ally and advocate. Soon I began to meet more and more LGBTQ folks in Grand Rapids, and I listened to their stories, too. I met gay and trans young people disowned by their families because of the family's Christian faith. I met people who no longer identified as Christians because of the trauma done to them by the church. Several of these people have come quite dear to me, including an amazing young man who lost his Grand Rapids church and his vocation when he came out as gay. While I hope my social work credentials give me the credibility that, to say that conversion therapy needs to be banned in Grand Rapids, they mean nothing compared to the stories of our LGBTQIA plus <laughs> friends and neighbors. After my child came out, i vow to fight to make Grand Rapids a safer place for other young queer people. Please help me do that by banning conversion therapy in
18: Grand Rapids.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. All right. Others wish to be heard?
18: Good evening, Mayor and commissioners, other officials. Daniel Scutt, longtime resident of Grand Rapids. More importantly, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Scriptures, the Christian Bible, reads like this He who gives unto the poor shall not lack, but he who shuts his eyes shall have many curses. We as a city should indeed continue to help the poor, families, individuals, etc. When I was here last time, I didn't have a chance to finish. For being constantly interrupted. My main concern again is for our fellow citizens who are unborn. The unborn. They are just as much citizens as anyone else in this city.
1: Let him speak. He we've has talked, a right to we've be We've talked heard. a lot
18: about money and I understand the Lord has blessed Grand Rapids with a lot of money. So again I'd like to propose that some of this money be allocated for the poor mothers that are carrying children unexpectedly, unwantingly, and why not provide housing for them, health care, so if they choose to have that child, we can come alongside them and help them. In fact, it would be ideal in my opinion that we would turn 320 East Fulton into such a place turn it from murdering 120 of our fellow citizens every month on average to housing women and children and the fathers if they would so choose scripture says if we take care of the poor we will be blessed. I can't think of a better way that uh, we could receive blessing from the Almighty Lord God if we would help the most defenseless, uh, the most vulnerable. And speaking about, uh, you know, discrimination, this is the greatest discrimination of our day. What can these children do, as they are? Torn apart in their mother's womb and stacked on tables outside of their mother's womb to sell their body parts. Don't interrupt. This is what's happening and uh, I will return Lord willing to share some more. Thank you.
1: Okay others wish to be heard. Others who wish to be heard. People have a right to speak even when you don't agree with them and they have a right to do it without being interrupted in this space. This is a city meeting where public hearings are available for people to come and speak their mind, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. Hi. Hi, welcome.
26: Hello, my name is Talia. I live in the third world. So, I always said I would never come up here. I'm an abolitionist and I think that coming up here to plead for humanity for my community crazy. In my world, your seats don't exist. So it's unfortunate that the two cops can't be here to join us because I think it's important for them to hear what I have to say as well. Um, Cops don't need a two-day training. They need therapy, long-term therapy. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who back the blue, if you really back the blue, you would understand that policing isn't good for police either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you take off that uniform, you can't take off that paranoia, the trauma, that fucked up energy. Okay,
1: I'm gonna ask you not to use profanity, please. I
26: had a conversation with one of the police officers who deleted the audio Uh, during his cover-up scheme for his peer during the drunk driving incident I'm sure you all remember. Um, I had a convo with him and I asked him what are the police doing as a force to help alleviate the trauma inflicted on this community as we all watched Patrick be executed in the street. Um, How are they going about future interactions with the community. And he told me that those conversations aren't being had. No conversation, no such conversation is being had on how to deal with the community after we have been traumatized. Um, So we continue to experience this trauma. (sighs) More trauma in the hallway, in the elevator, and you just continue like, people's lives aren't being affected. I'm traumatized now. I don't even have the energy to speak the way I wanted to. Christopher sure needs to be decertified chief. Um, your police officers need therapy Falk 12 period
1: all right right others wish to be heard My name is
27: Megan Saitaki Lewis. I'm a resident in the southeast side of Grand Rapids Um, I originally came to speak on behalf of part of the LGBTQI community against the discriminatory practices that have recently come to light at the Broadway Avenue. However, I have to say that that was incredibly disappointing to see. Someone was just arrested for what? For what? That could have been a simple de-escalation moment and yet it turned into physical violence. It turned into someone being arrested What is a two-day training going to do to help solve that if we can have that here in a respected government official building? Justice for Patrick Loyola, and I will use the remaining amount of my time to try and put together words around something as simple now as the right to marry in a location, in a venue. I can't believe we still have to have this conversation. We have an ordinance in Grand Rapids that hypothetically should protect us but it does not. What do we have the ordinance for? We need to have repercussions for folks who think it's okay to openly and blatantly practice homophobic, discriminatory policies. Luckily, my wife and I are already married because if we had to go to this venue, because it is a beautiful venue, it's a gorgeous venue, And if we went to this venue or went into contract with this venue without knowing their policy, we would be in for a lot of heartbreak. Mayor Bliss, I've met you personally. I've been to events that have helped to fund you running for office. I've shaken your hand at these events. We need action, and we need action—not just to uphold LGBTQI+ issues, but we need a lot of action, as I can see from this meeting. That is all. Thank you.
28: Thank you.
1: All right. Others wish to be heard.
28: Good evening, uh, honorable mayor and city commission. It's been a while since I've been here. I'm David Davis. The beard's gone. The hair's gone. So. Um, a little difference in appearance. Uh, I've heard a lot of things lately. I haven't been to the meeting for a long period of time because of, uh, first of all, COVID, and then I had dental problems and medical problems along the way. But I'm back and I hope to be coming more often. I was a little bit reluctant to come tonight because of those people are so disrespectful of everybody else. We have a minority group here in Michigan that depend or demand to uh, stand up and <coughs> create their own agenda. They are the minority in this city. The majority doesn't show up because <coughs> they uh, don't want to face this element that has been patronizing the uh, <coughs> city commission meetings. I <coughs> was. Give my support to the Grand Rapids Police Department. I have had nothing but positive responses from the police department and anything I've seen. And the reason that the police are disrespected is because the people themselves disrespect the police and then the police have to act and rebuttal to uh, what they've had to face. Uh,
1: but sp-
28: they, don't they, interrupt him. The people that are. Su- against the police department don't understand that these policemen, every time they walk out the door, they face the opportunity of being shot or injured or belittled and all this other stuff that is negative to the police department. Policemen actually face worse combat situations every day than a military man on the war front. And they think, some of these people think that's funny. It's not. If you respect the police and uh, abide by what has to be done, then you'll be respected as well. Just recently, we had a, a bunch of young people gather at a parking lot near my, where I live. And they were peeling their tires and revving their engines, and they were doing eights around light poles and all that. The police, one policeman, came down there, assessed the uh, situation, and about 10 minutes later, they came down there in force. They didn't arrest anybody or anything like that. They just came down there with their lights on and their sirens going, and everybody just kind of got out of there. And this is a way to, I appreciate the response of the police department in that situation. And I've seen a lot of it because I live in a low, low income housing unit, and that low income housing unit has the police department there frequently. Well, does that respect the place and treat the place decently? We'll be treat- all
1: right. All right. Thanks. Thank you for your comments.
29: Good evening. My name is Libby. I live in the second ward. Um, it's unfortunate that um, Commissioner Jones isn't here because I wanted to thank him for the callback that he um, gave me in the past couple of weeks and the time that he spent talking with me i really did appreciate that and i appreciate the commissioners that showed up to the together west michigan um event i forget the name of the church across fulton um i the ones that didn't show were noticed um but i I appreciate that and i appreciate their commitment to work with us on future action events um I also, because we're making statements of faith tonight, I wanna state that I also am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in loving each other, which is what we were taught, not causing division amongst each other, not looking for ways to make one group evil and claim that we are the good ones. That is not what Jesus taught. So I wanted to state that tonight pretty emphatically. I also, as a woman, I'm a little disturbed that we have a prosecutor in Kent County who has said that he is going to prosecute any woman that has an abortion despite the fact that we do have an injunction, two injunctions in this state. I would encourage the Grand Rapids Police Department to not arrest anybody that is not actually breaking the law. That is still a right that we have. We saw the petition that went around and got record number of signatures. I think it's pretty clear that that's something the people of Michigan value and will continue to support, no matter what the poor put upon white man in this group try to play off. Um, There were other things that I wanted to talk about, but again, you know, the disruption that occurs between you know the city commission and us does bring a tension that doesn't need to exist, in my opinion. Um, I'm not completely sure now at this point in time how we solve this problem. Um, I lived in Topeka, Kansas for two years where we had a group that was called the Westboro Baptist Church that picketed gay people on a daily basis. and We would have community discussions when I lived there about how violence begets violence, hate begets hate, and I think that what you guys are feeling up there is being echoed back to you here in these seats. I understand that you want to have a meeting that is run in a certain way, but unless you start giving something back to us or to my neighbors, I don't think it's possible for them to give it back to you. And it's unfortunate, but you are the elected officials, and I kind of feel like maybe it's time to swallow some of that, that down. I, I watched another city commission meeting, in a daytime one, um, a couple weeks ago, and your demeanor was so different in that meeting than what it is when I come here. And I, I get it. You're being. But please.
1: Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. All right, others wish to be heard.
30: Um, Samantha, resident of the first ward. So I have some questions, but I'm going to try to keep it together because this is literally the worst city commission meeting I have ever attended and I have been coming since 2008. And only three of you are making eye contact with me, so that's kind of weird. Like I said, I've been attending since 2008 and this is the worst meeting I've ever been to. I started coming with the Mayor's Youth Council and now I'm disgusted to say that I was part of that. So my first question, why is there a black barrier here? Have any of you been physically harmed by anyone in the audience? You can clearly call the police anytime someone makes you uncomfortable, so why the superficial barrier? I asked Joe Jones and Kurt Repart this question last week and it's still here, weird, but it's also not weird that you ignored another community voice. Second question, there are at least a dozen officers hiding on the ninth floor of City Hall right now Several feet away from us, just hiding behind the wall, armed with guns, tasers, and zip ties. How much are these officers being paid? Time and a half or double time? Just curious. Third question, how? How, Mayor Bliss, are you sitting there when you just called for the arrest of community members? You sat there and you called security, who you knew would call GRPD that were sitting right here. You watched them usher loud activists out of the space and you continued the meeting. You didn't call a recess. You chose violence on your community members. For those at home who didn't see, officers pushed activists out of the room and into the hallways, crushed them near the elevators. Several were pushed to the ground and at least one person was arrested. But just like y'all who didn't see it at home, the commission didn't either. They didn't have to see it. They sat here like business as usual, just like they did after the murder of Patrick Leoya. Again, I did ask Commissioner Repar and Joe Jones what they would do the next time an activist was bullied out of this base. They said they would do something, but something is nothing. Fourth question, topic switch. When will you allow residents to call in for their voices to be heard? It, It is totally possible for residents to come in. You did it during COVID, so you should do it again. Number five, how much is the city paying itself to keep city vehicles, many streets and sanitation and water department vehicles, to protect private property downtown. It is not free. You're paying yourselves to keep those vehicles downtown with our tax dollars. Lastly, why do you have officers surveilling Facebook events and community organizing spaces? Specifically, you had Terry Dixon, the supervisor of ex-GRPD officer Christopher Schur, call the organizers of an activist training to see if GRPD could support, could stand alongside us. Hell no was the answer, no was the answer, no was the answer, do not call us. How tone deaf for you to call, have someone call, a mourning community that is demanding justice for Patrick when it was your buddy who killed him. Justice for Patrick, what's up Sarah? What's up Sarah?
1: Hi, others wish be heard.
31: Hi, my name is Taylor Vanderlaan and I am a member of the, or I live in the southeast side of Kentwood. Um, I just want to start by saying, Mayor Bliss, I think it's interesting that people keep dogging on you when I know you don't have that much control over this stuff. So uh, I'll give you some credit for taking these shots. Uh, I came here just for you guys to uh, to ban conversion therapy. It's sitting on Mark Washington's desk and it does nothing to cost nobody to pass it and it passing it just saves lives so I don't see why it would be too hard to pass that. Um, I'm also social worker and I'm sorry I'm kind of tired from cleaning up the mess that the system leaves every day and not this mess of the country Uh, so I don't think what happened out there sets a good tone for what we're trying to accomplish and as important it is that you know, our government is transparent. I think it would be important to have that kind of publicly, you know, talked about a little bit. Um, I also do know that that situation could have been handled uh, a lot differently. I mean, I am a social worker and I handle people who want to kill me all day with just my words. So I know it's possible. I know you guys can can do it. You, you didn't come into this job to not help. So I'm really encouraging y'all to to do better. Um, This was my first meeting, so this was quite a shock, Um, but I promise this won't be my last, so have a good night, guys. Thank you. Thanks, thank you.
1: All right, others wish to be heard?
32: Hi, my name's John and I live in the Third Ward. I grew up in Chicago, but I went to Calvin College, which was this terrible, racist, homophobic school. This is anymore, really. Um, Okay, folks. Uh, Patrick was killed on April 4th, the same day Dr. Martin Luther King was killed. I didn't see the video till April 14th. I go downtown, there's all these marches. The marches are led by people like Allie the Activist. Uh, people like Kai, who was ushered out of this meeting for speaking her voice, um, you know, the, for the person who you're like, so the, (laughs) so, okay. Then, then, uh, anyway, May 10th, you shut this meeting down. You say, we'll kick somebody out, but instead you cowardly shut the meeting down so that all the black people can't talk to you. So all the black people who are angry about the killing of Patrick, they got no voice. They got no voice here because you don't know how to manage a meeting right now. You have a lot of discretion as the mayor we don't have people coming up and saying i can't believe you let two f words slip can you believe the mayor said they were saying three f words and she didn't no one's complaining like that we're complaining that people get arrested Av's friends are being taken to the jail right now. Who knows whether they will be gendered properly at this jail? You have a lot of discretion, and you have committed violence against my friend Rosalind Bliss. I have committed passionate expression of emotion against you, and I will be back until all those seats are empty of all of you. I have friends, the police department in this town, in this building, on this floor, during the... This meeting committed violence against my trans friends in your name because you can't handle it when they say mmm and ah and amen and praise God when people speak the truth from up here. On April, on May 10th, you were acti- arrested one activist right after you shut down a meeting like a coward. Two weeks later, six activists on their way to speak here, including Allie the Activist, Nico, all the heroes locally, and they all get arrested and rounded up by your Grand Rose Police Department. Mayor Bliss, did you order them to arrest these people on the day of the meeting to speak Keep them from speaking here because most of them haven't spoken here since that arrest. Which is to say, there is a crisis, a First Amendment crisis. 911, SOS. If anyone in the world can hear me from my little spot of the universe, Grand Rapids, Michigan. They are shutting down the voices of black leaders in this city. This is the most racist mayor in the city. This is the most racist mayor in the country. 50 years from now, the people aren't going to be able to tell the difference between the black and white 60s footage of Ball Conner and you, Rosalind Bliss, the most racist mayor in our city's history. You are. A- All
1: right, your time's up. Okay, sir, your time I is up. Believe- your time is up.
32: Okay, you need to, up. your time is up. Miles,
1: so you're fine with it. Stop it. I am going ha- to have, you need police. to, okay, Mr. Mr. you need to sit down or leave. Okay, Mr. Williamson, you need to sit down or leave. You need to leave. You, you are disrupting. Teeth. You are need you to leave. Security, can you please help him?
32: you speak. All right, all I use is my words. You're Even disrupting Ali, this meeting. Like,
1: you are disrupting this meeting, and you need to leave. And
32: the local doctor King, the local
1: You're disrupting this. The
32: local and Ali, the activist, you had
1: we are, commissioners, we're, we're, we're adjourning. We're adjourned. We're adjourned. BOOM <music>